2: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal, and may lose value.
0: Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous advances we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, a species of bat has broken animal airspeed records. And, unrelated, ocean researchers have identified a spot in the Gulf of Mexico so deadly that they're calling it the Jacuzzi of Despair. But first, senior writer and Tech Stuff host Jonathan Strickland brings us a story of a program in South Africa that's teaching teenage women to build and program robotics. Their current project? No big, just launching Africa's first privately owned satellite.
2: In 2015, a company called the Meta-Economic Development Organization, or MEDO, launched an academic program in South Africa. They designed after-school courses and boot camps to teach high school students applied science and engineering. Their goal? Teach the students to design experiments that will run on Africa's first privately-owned satellite launched into low-Earth orbit. Oh, and all the students are young women. The program began with the students taking a course to learn how to build robots. This taught the students about electronics and how to work with them. The next phase involved designing high-altitude satellites called cricket sats, which the students attached to weather balloons before launching them into the atmosphere. The third phase will be to launch the low-Earth orbit satellite. The students designed a series of experiments the satellite will perform in space. They decided the satellite's chief duty will be to monitor Africa as part of an early warning system for disasters like wildfires. But the students also hope to use the information to help plan where to farm and where to concentrate reforestation efforts. Mido plans to launch the satellite in May 2017. While the story is cool and inspirational, it also marks an effort to overcome a daunting challenge. According to Mido, South African students perform poorly in science, technology, engineering, and math, aka STEM courses. The organization cites a sobering set of statistics. The first is that only 7.7% of all South African students exit math courses with a passing grade, and only 5.5% pass science. On top of that, like in many other parts of the world, female students have traditionally faced opposition when they express interest in STEM subjects. The icing on the cake is that market analysts predict future jobs will rely more heavily on STEM-related work than ever before, with 80% of all careers involving STEM in some way by 2020. In other words, this isn't just a feel-good story about high school students doing something cool. It's a story about getting students enthusiastic and interested in these subjects so that South Africa will have access to an educated workforce. According to Mito, several of the students in the program have expressed interest in pursuing STEM-related degrees in college. And it is the hope of both the organization and the students that the program will inspire more young people to explore the world of science and math.
0: Next up, staff writer and editor Eves Jeffcoat explores Earth's highest speed flyers. Previously, birds held basically all the animal flight records, but new research shows that some bats can fly upwards of 100 miles per hour, making us reconsider
1: how we think about aerodynamics. When it comes to animals' flight capabilities, birds get all the credit. The common swift, named appropriately, goes up to 70 miles per hour when flying horizontally. That's about 113 kilometers per hour. It's widely recognized as the speediest avian species. But a new study shows the Brazilian free-tailed bat is swooping in on the SWIFT's record, pushing speeds up to 100 miles, or 160 kilometers, per hour. Why have the flying talents of bats been so underappreciated, as the study authors put it? Basically, the bat is the overlooked, younger sibling to the bird. Birds get more lift when they fly, while bats' comparatively unwieldy wings create more drag. Plus, bats' protruding faces disrupt the airflow over their bodies, Typically, birds have higher flight speeds and more super-long flight distances. You get the point. Examples of birds' apparent biological superiority abound. But the recent study, conducted by researchers from the U.S. and Germany, puts to rest notions of all bats as slow, hapless flyers. The Brazilian free-tailed bat is known to take quick, long-distance flights. It held the record for a bat's fastest horizontal flight speed at 60 miles per hour. So it was a good subject in testing flight performance. The researchers attached radio transmitters to seven of these bats and followed one per night in a Cessna airplane, documenting the bats' flight trajectories, ground speeds, and wingbeat frequency. Tracking the bats in a tiny single-engine plane at night was no easy feat. The pilot had to keep up with the bat's speed and direction to precisely locate it every two to five minutes. The meticulous chases were worth it, though. The researchers found that not only are Brazilian free-tailed bats' flight speeds comparable to birds, but they're sometimes even better. The 100-mile-per-hour horizontal speed is faster than previously recorded for any bat and for the fastest-flying birds. To add insult to injury, periods of these super-high flight speeds probably aren't unusual for these bats. The researchers call their documented maximum speeds undoubtedly conservative because the measurements were taken in short-time intervals. Take that, feathered flyers. The authors say the data is limited in telling them why the bats can zip around so quickly. They do know it isn't because of tailwinds, but wind gusts and hilly terrain in the experiment area may have helped. It's also known that bats and birds with long, narrow wings, like Brazilian free bats, usually fly faster than those with short, broad wings. And flap gliding, which is alternating periods of flapping wings and gliding, likely gives the bats a boost. But no matter the reason, bats' high-speed skills will no longer fly under the radar.
0: Finally this week... I've got a story that comes to us from our freelance writer, Jessalyn Shields, and tipped to us by our listener, Patrick. Psychic high fives, guys. It's about undersea brine pools, which sounds boring until you mention that they kill just about anything that wanders into them. So let us journey now to the Jacuzzi of Despair. Two billion years ago, much of our planet was totally uninhabitable by our current standards. The hospitable Earth we know and love used to be a patchwork of hot and cold spots, extreme environments with brutally high acidity, low oxygen, unlivable chemical compositions, or crushing pressure. These days, thankfully, we have to seek out the places where only the toughest organisms survive. When we find one, we marvel at its hostility, a tuck with wonder into research about how anything could possibly live in such a hellscape as a volcano or Florida. Sorry, Florida. I'm I'm from Florida. I love you, Florida. But perhaps we should all check our Anthropocene Epoch privilege, because science keeps finding places on this planet that don't give a fig about our needs. The latest has been nicknamed by actual scientists the Jacuzzi of Despair. The deadly hot tub was discovered last year by a team of researchers working with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. It's a warm brine pool on the seafloor of the Gulf of Mexico, beneath about 3,300 feet of water, or about a 1,000 meters. The area acts like any body of water on land, complete with a shoreline and waves that ripple over the top of it when its waters are disturbed. The only differences are, one, most terrestrial bodies of water don't contain a tepid, unholy cocktail of dissolved methane, hydrogen sulfide, and extra salty water that instantly poisons any animal that happens into it. I mean, we we do have a few of those up here on land, such as some hot springs, but those don't seem quite as insidious because... Number two, terrestrial lakes have bottoms. This subaquatic Boschian lake does not. Or, at least, no one has found it yet. And this jacuzzi of despair isn't the only brine pool out there. In fact, they form in oceans all over the world. They're a result of the migration of geologic fluids through salt deposits under the ocean floor. The salt deposits represent places where ancient oceans evaporated millions of years ago. The fluids dissolve the salt, and the resulting brine is about four times saltier than normal seawater, so it's much denser. It pools on the seafloor in lakes, and even forms flowing rivers. A similar phenomenon observed in Arctic waters has been called a brinacle, or an icy finger of death. Although deadly to any sea life that might happen into it, the Jacuzzi of Despair has a beautiful shoreline spangled with lacy yellow and red mineral deposits. About 100 feet or 30 meters in diameter, its edges rise 12 feet or almost 4 meters off the bottom of the ocean. The crater is reinforced by beds of mussels that work with bacteria in their gills to convert the dissolved gases pouring over the rim of the pool into energy. It's all very strange. The researchers point out that our oceans are relatively unexplored. We know more about the surface of the moon than we know about our own sea floors. This is just one of the sites they have to show us. And it's an excellent opportunity to learn about how life finds a way in even the most extreme conditions. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest science news and send us links to anything you'd like to hear us cover. Plus the name of a tabletop game that you're really digging on right now. You can send us an email at nowpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And of course, for lots more stories like these, Head on over to our home planet now. Live Nation presents
2: Concert Week.